Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. God's peace, God's spirit be with us as we spend a brief moment on this Sunday morning in his word, the uh, vehicle of the Holy Spirit, hey, the word of God. Uh, what have we got? The Lord, the hand, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out of the, by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones and he led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Let's pray. Spirit of God, here we are, gathered in your presence by your word. Speak to us and empower us and show us. For your word is truth and it's life itself. In the name of Christ. Amen. I don't know if there's a greater privilege than being gathered together with God's people in worship. doesn't matter how many, doesn't matter what place. It's just good, good to be together. And it's good to be together on Sunday morning, on Pentecost Sunday. And you, you look all right, and you're red, and you're uh, mainly red, and a bit of orange and a bit of yellow. I've got nothing that's red. That's the only thing I could find. I've got no red ties, no red shirts. And then someone told me at the first service, I think, or somewhere that, you know, it, it doesn't go with your complexion. That's what, and I think my wife has told me that over the years. Redheads don't wear red. I don't know why. It's just a rule. There's just too much red going on. I don't know. Anyway, this is the best I could do. So that's all I've got. A bit of red stuff. Um, this vision of Ezekiel, I, uh, boy, whenever I hear it, it comes up every now and again. I really love it because I think it helps me believe again. You know, uh, that the Spirit of God still breathes, that the Spirit of God is present, that He's present and He's on the move and He's active and He can do extraordinary things. I don't know if that does it for you when you hear this Valley of the Dry Bones thing, but it says that to me, that the Holy Spirit is definitely present, active and able to do all kinds of things and rejuvenate me and resuscitate me and resurrect me. And so it helps me believe again, I guess, that the church is that place. It, it's, it, whether, whether it feels like it or not, it is. Um, the Holy Spirit is us, in us, and we are in the Spirit, and we are the church, the body of Christ, and he does things, and he's on the move and he's active, even if we may struggle to see it or hear it or believe it. It's true. So I guess this vision of the valley of the dry bones always makes me Trust again, I guess, that the Spirit of God has got my life in his um, and our life as a church in his. No matter what's going on and no matter what we feel or what we think about stuff, that's the reality. Um, that picture is a great picture. I found a good one, I think. Dead and dry and lifeless. There's a bit of dampness in that picture but, and it's in a valley but it's dead. Everything's dead. And then can you just imagine, as Marianne was saying, the wind. Imagine the wind. And imagine the sound of rattling bones 
rattling together. Some of the uh, folks at the first service said that their bones were rattling this morning. It was a bit cold at 8.30, and, uh, but they were okay at the end. By the end, they said, that's good. Um, dry and lifeless, and all of a sudden the place is filled with life and filled with breath again. It's a fantastic vision of how things are for us Christians. Now, of course, not all days are filled with the Spirit of God from our point of view, or it doesn't seem at least that um, we're really spiritually connected and spiritually alive and responsive and operating out of a spirit of love, you know, and all that. It's, um, some days aren't like that. And I suspect that if we were honest with each other, we, uh, on more than a few occasions, may have felt like a bag of old bones, you know, just rattling around. Um, you know, the old fuel gauge on empty. No spirit, no go, no fuel. Feeling quite lifeless. Uh, running on fumes, as we say. The smell of an oily rag, all that kind of stuff. The tank's empty. The tank, the spiritual tank is empty. And we feel like we're running on empty. That's certainly my experience as a Christian. As a baptised, spirit-filled Christian, I still have that experience. I suspect you do too. I was thinking about that and what it brings out in me. <clears throat> but <clears throat> two things can happen that maybe aren't so good. When you try and refill, to try and find some spiritual connection uh, with God, and however you may do that, um, two things can happen. You can kind of you know, blame God for this and blame others. Blame the church. I think that's probably the favourite. Uh, you can blame God because he can handle it. Look at the Psalms. Just look at the Psalms. They blame God for everything, and yet it's the prayer, prayer book of the people of God. So God can handle being blamed. Uh, but blaming the church, it's always the church's fault. The church did this and the church did that, or the church didn't do this and the church should do that. Whoever the church is, we're the church, it's us. Um, or just blaming ourselves, getting down on ourselves. My spiritual tank is empty, oh, it's my fault, it's my fault again, and it's all about me, and I'm no good, and you know, so it goes, and so it goes. Or um, blame a past event. Uh, I think you know, we're all capable of that, aren't we? sort of not quite letting go of things. and We've all got them. We've all got stories to tell about things that have happened that haven't been good. We've all got them. Every Christian person has those stories. So instead of uh, looking in the right place at the right time for the Spirit of God to be reconnected or to ask him, ask him for help, we can blame God, others, the church, or past hassles, or just ourselves for our lack of spiritual heart. Second thing is, I reckon we can do a bit of substitution going on. We can look in places that can't deliver what we need. I think that's the second thing that happens when you're trying to refill the spiritual tank. Now, I guess there's all kinds of places that you can be refilled in all kinds of ways, and some of these ways are healthy and some maybe aren't so healthy. I guess it's, um, some of us like to be refilled physically. We need to be refilled physically and then emotionally, of course, very important. And psychologically as well, very important to be not empty on those things but quite full. And they're good. It's a good thing to do that, isn't it? It's a good thing to know who you are and how you're feeling and what, how your relationships are and to take care of yourself, especially blokes. 
I mean, women do it a lot better, I think, generally speaking, than blokes. So blokes, good to take care of yourself. Really good to take care of yourself in physically, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and in relationships. But I guess all of those things are important and good and they're, they're wise and they're a blessing from God and we should know that and, and do those things. But they're not the very heart and soul of us. That's the issue, I guess. They're not to do with our very central core, our spiritual being with God. They're not that. They're good, but they're not that. So it seems to me, and especially if you read Romans, the first few chapters of Romans, we can, the Bible says that we can, substitute, uh, you know, we can substitute things quite well in an unhealthy kind of way. We can spend a lot of time substituting emotional and physical and psychological well-being uh, with our spiritual heart and soul, our very being with God, our very being with the Holy Spirit. So we're quite capable of misjudging what we really need. Um, and we somehow substitute the emotional and the relational and the psychological and the physical things that we pursue for the Spirit of God and a spiritual being and a spiritual connection. So no amount of good eating, good exercise, good medicine will bring the healing balm of God's forgiveness and his spiritual power to overcome what is in front of us, our very being. Now, you know, I'm on a journey just like you are and I'm continually learning that my lack of spiritual life or maybe my lack of growth in faith and spiritual things, um, my lack of love for those around me, self-sacrificing, giving Jesus kind of love, um, my lack of sense of belonging in a congregation or something like that, it's not always the church's fault and it's not always other people's fault and it's not always God's fault. In fact, when I'm honest and I need the Holy Spirit to give me a very accurate diagnosis here, and he does that, I'm responsible for my lack of spiritual connectivity and my lack of spiritual growth and my lack of Jesus kind of love. It's my responsibility. And I say that because as far as I can tell in the New Testament, I can't read anywhere that the Holy Spirit ever withdraws his gifts of presence and peace and compassion and kindness, all the gifts of the Spirit, gentleness, long-suffering. I can't find a text that says that he withdraws those from us. So it can't be his fault. It's got to be something to do with me and how I'm travelling on my journey at this stage. Why would he withdraw those things from me? I'm his baptised son. You're his baptised son, his baptised daughter. His loved person, why would he withdraw his good gifts from us? It's got to do with me failing to receive him. And even more probably, it's a bit tricky this one, but failing to receive him where and when he wants us to find him, I guess. There's a bit of a double thing there, isn't it, in the spiritual life. So my spiritual liveliness or awareness to God's spirit in my day-to-day -day living is my responsibility and it has to do with things like me seeking him or not seeking him or learning or, or not learning the word 
or practicing the faith, doing the faith, loving, or not loving. It's to do with those things more than any feeling I get in a Christian gathering. Much more to do with those things than how I feel at church on Sunday, even though it's important as well. I find it really challenging, really challenging, when I read this vision of the Valley of the Dry Bones, to hear that God puts Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones. He leads him out there. He doesn't just find himself there, he's led there. Interesting and challenging. And this happens before God fills up this man's spirit with his presence, with his own breath, and gives him a massive promise that there will be a national resurrection one day. All those people living in Babylon under exile will one day return to, the, to who they really are in God. Question, that's what makes me ask, could it be that the spirit of the living God has led me or you into the valley of dryness so we can receive his good gifts there? Could that be the case in our spiritual life? He actually puts us in the valley of the dry bones so that we can receive him there in a new way. I'm kind of starting to think maybe so. Because up until then, we'll be doing those two things. We'll be blaming others for our lack of spiritual life or we'll be looking for our spiritual life in places that can't deliver it. Because you know what it's like when you're out. Have you been out in the desert? I mean the real desert? I mean, way out in the great western desert. Some have. I know Keith has. He's been out there a few times. It's dry. And it's desperate. And there's a clarity. It brings a real clarity when you're out in that situation. So, friend, if you can almost feel the sand of the desert floor between your toes, so dry is your life at the moment, then here today, here today, this may be where you need to be. I don't know, but the Spirit knows. I mean, it is from this kind of place that these amazing new people come to life. God creates new spiritual people in the valley of deadness, in the valley of dryness. So the valley of deadness and dryness isn't the end of the world. And it's not the end of the story. And it's not the, not the end of the journey. Those dead people come to life right before Ezekiel's very eyes when the rush of the Spirit's, Spirit's presence comes on them. And all of this is done, amazingly, all of this is done by Ezekiel, a human person like you and me, simply speaking. All of it is delivered by prophesying. It's called you know, speaking the word. Amazing. In the text, then the Lord said to me, says Ezekiel, we used to call Ezekiel at seminary Zeke the Freak. Uh, if, you, if you read the book of Ezekiel, he did some weird stuff, man. He did some really weird stuff. So we just call him Zeke today. The Lord said to Zeke, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound and the bones came together and bone to bone and then tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. 
So the word of the Lord through the voice of a human person is the trigger for a recreation, a recreation of community. Now for the resurrection bit, the breath, the breath of God, the life of God. Again, the word of the Lord spoke through a human being. Then he said to me, says Zeke, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Oh, I can't help but think of Lord of the Rings. It just, you know, you can't miss it, can you? It's just a vast army. The Lord of the Rings just comes to the mind. Amazing. From disconnected, isolated, alone, lifeless, spiritless, empty, dead bones to a fully functioning community of the Lord at the ready for the task that awaits. Community. All done by the word of the Spirit, the Spirit word breath. Same, same word in Hebrew. Spirit word breath through the voice of a, of a, a human being. So, friends... Those dry, dead, lifeless people could not be recreated or refilled or resuscitated or resurrected by anything but the spirit, word, breath, word, spirit, breath, word, spirit. It's the same word. Real bummer, English. We have three different words for the same thing. Word, spirit, breath. Only the spirit, the word, the breath of God can do it. Going to the gym would not have helped those bones. It might help me, but it wouldn't have helped those bones. Friends, our spiritual tank can only be filled with the right kind of fuel. Hands up those who have gone to the service station and put diesel in the petrol tank. I haven't. A friend of mine did. Just, just count the dollar signs when that happens. It's just a, not a good feeling. The wrong fuel in the wrong bus. It's not good. It's not good. Big damage. Like dead bones brought to life, and assembled into a functioning, uh, purposeful community of people on the move with the Spirit, and like a car that needs the right fuel for the right engine to run really well and reach its destination and be of any use, we need more than diets and exercise and medical care. We need all of those things, by the way. But we need more, even more than emotional support. We need more than that. We need God's Word, Spirit, Breath, Spirit, word, breath, word, spirit, breath. We need that. We need him. We need him to fill up the spiritual tank, the core of our very being. And he gives it freely. He gives it freely all the time. Somehow, he gives these things to us all the time when we gather. The spirit of the living word. He gives freely where the fuel stop. The church is the fuel stop. I know it doesn't feel like it sometimes and it doesn't look like it sometimes and it's But it is. It just is because he is. He is. We are. It is. Now, of course, the Holy Spirit can turn up wherever he wants and he can do whatever he wants because he's the Holy Spirit and we're not. He's in charge and he gathers, calls and enlightens us. That's why you're here. So he can turn up wherever he wants. How surprised were the apostles when this happened to them and these languages started and Do you think they got out of bed that morning and said, today I'm going to hear from the 
Persians and the Medes, you know, from their mother tongue about how great God is. They wouldn't have ever picked that. The Spirit of God is free and creative and recreative. And yet somehow he speaks through a human word into human hearts that are clinging to him. He somehow attaches himself to the gifts that he gives the church. We remembered one of them. We remembered that one. That's one of the gifts that he attaches himself to. And he never withdraws it. He never takes it away. It's always present. You could name a few others when we gather in his presence, the gifts that he gives. The person next to you is a gift that he gives to you. The person that talks to you at morning, at morning coffee, that's a gift from the Spirit to you. What about the holy meal for the holy people of God run by the Holy Spirit? That's the gift that he clings to and gives himself in all the time, whether I feel like it or not. And even the dodgy sermon of a dodgy human being, somehow the Holy Spirit even works through that because he loves me and he wants us to be that vast army on the move. I don't know why the Salvation Army got the name Army. That's a good name for the church. I wish we were called the Lutheran Salvation Army. On the move, organised, focused, moving along in the same direction under the Spirit's power. That's what we should be called, St. Petri's Salvation Army Lutheran Evangelical Church. That'd be great. No worries, mate. Wouldn't fit on the building, but don't worry about that. It'll be good. Look, you know, we can't take shortcuts on this, folks. There's only one place to get the right fuel. And we need the other things as well. Of course we do. Just ask your local GP. He'll tell you that you need various things. What a gift to have those around. But we need for our spiritual ticker to get the gauge up off empty, we need the spiritual stuff that the Holy Spirit gives over and over again. And to be open to the Spirit wherever he tends to move and be, which is in a lot of places, pretty much everywhere. Now I know this spiritual journey, it's risky, it's risky, because we're not in control, he is. And it's also so freeing, don't you think? It's not up to you and me. We don't run the church. We don't gather people and enlighten people and call people. The Spirit of God does it through us. So the pressure's off. It's freeing. It's exhilarating even. Maybe. God's salvation army. I like it. So fuel up, I guess, on the Spirit of God where he offers you get it again today, remember your baptism, word of forgiveness, the Lord's Supper, the holy meal for the holy people of God, the spirit-filled people of God. Fuel up on God's gifts. They're good. Depend on them. Cling your heart to them. Don't take shortcuts off the track somewhere thinking you know better because I don't know better and you don't know better. The spirit knows everything. Prophesy. Oh, I dare you to try this week, eh? Just rock up to work and say, I'm prophesying on behalf of the Lord. And just give it on. No, don't do that. It might end in tears if you do that. I don't know. Speak the word of God. Yes, speak. Speak the word of God. Speak the gospel. The beautiful gospel of God's grace. That's the vehicle of the Spirit. And through us, amazingly, the Spirit of God will breathe his breath through all of us in this valley. Because there's plenty of dead bones in this valley, isn't there? There's plenty of dry places. I bet you know a few. We're here for them. What a trip, folks. What a church. What a day to be the church. I wouldn't want to be anything else but here, right here with you.
fair dinkum. We're the church. It's a good trip. It's a good place to be. Come Holy Spirit, fill us up. Fill us up with your fire. Let's pray. Spirit of God, breathe new life into us today. Refocus our purpose. Rekindle our joy. Fill us with power to do the things we know we need to do in your name, in your presence, with your power. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. stpetri.org.au